Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. My name is Will Doctor, uh, alongside James Ledbetter, as usual. And uh, what a crazy Monday finish at the Northern Trust Open uh, at Liberty National Golf Club last week. Um, and now we're here at the BMW Championship, where after this week, uh, the FedEx Cup uh, standings field will shrink to 30. And uh, James, we're just getting a feel for for how powerful, you know, the points, uh, in these, in these, in these playoff tournaments, um, really are. So, um, it, it's really crazy. I mean, Tony Finau won this past week and he went from 23 to one. So, um, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, strength behind the points in, in these tournaments. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we should kind of talk about for a minute here. Um, you know, I'm fine with guys making huge jumps if they win the golf tournament, right? But it seems like it, you know, they're they're 2,000 points, right? So they're worth four times as much as a regular tour event. But I mean, realistically, there's scenarios where guys can absolutely come out of nowhere if they finish, you know, top three or four. Like you have a guy like Morikawa, who's been, you know, one of the best players all year, obviously has WGC as a major, has, you know, eight plus other top tens all over the place. And he goes from number one in the FedEx cup, you know, stronghold co- going to come into Atlanta with a, you know, a couple shot lead and a 10 shot lead over some guys in that tour championship to now all of a sudden being sixth place and really needing a good week to get back in position to have a chance at the FedEx cup, which is nice. Right. Cause you want to see that volatility. Um, you know, you kind of compare it to other sports where it's like winner go home, which is, kind of like um what this is but i just don't want to see a scenario where you got to have a guy like uh what is it tom hoagie or something where you know he's has it having an average year let's say he's 60 or 70th in fedex cup finishes uh second let's say last week and jumps to third in fedex cup and is you know um having morikawa looking up at him i don't think that's a kind of really a fair scenario given the year that uh morikawa's had you know i think especially with COVID situation, you have a guy play great golf for 15 months. He misses one cut and then you have one guy, you know, shoot a final around 63 to all of a sudden uh, come out of nowhere and have that scenario. So what well, kind of your thoughts on, you know, really the volatility of this thing? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's shocking. I mean, you know, Jordan Spieth shoots a, a 79 in the final round at, at the Northern trust last week and goes from, from second um, on the FedEx cup standings to seventh. And he has one win in nine top tens this year. So, I mean, let's say, let's say Spieth, for instance, um, you know, has a rough week this week. He could eat, I mean, he could jump back to 12 by next week and be completely out of this thing Yeah. after coming into it a second. Harris English is another one who's had an unbelievable year with two wins and eight top tens. And I mean, he had a, you know, had a, 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 a subpar, you know, I, you could call it subpar at best um, finish last week and move from, uh, from fourth to eighth. So yeah, it, it, it is ridiculous in a sense how, you know, the best players of the year could just be completely out um, uh, uh, of this thing, three tournaments in. Yeah. And I think it's like one of those where it's one of the things, let's say NFL, for example, that we don't like is, you know, some team can be seven to nine and get hot and win the Super Bowl. You know, there's some point of, you know, winning your division or coming in with a buy and actually having an advantage coming in. But it seems like, Let's say more caller, for example, you know, he's the uh, he's the Chiefs going 15 and one and should have his borderline bye week to be able to really, uh, 
you know, there's no way if you're number one, let's say, coming into the FedEx Cup playoffs, that you should be even have a chance to finish outside the top five uh, or be outside the top five before you get into – before you're even in the tour championship example. You know what I mean? So, like, for some reason, they're – Let's say it's fine for right now, and then we'll move on to the, this tournament we have going. We're not going to change anything. But you could have a scenario where a guy's won two majors on the year and is starting five shots back at the at the end of the year's, you know, uh, finale or Super Bowl. So, all right, let's well, let's just get into the BMW Championship. We can't change everything, anything. I'm sure we're going to have an exciting two weeks ahead. Um, this week we head to Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, – yeah, we're playing Caves Valley Golf Club. It's a par 72. It's 7,500 yards, and it's designed by Tom Fazio. We're going to have bent, bent grass, tees, fairways, and greens. And really, the main course it's been compared to from all the stuff I looked at is its, it's uh, course comp is Muirfield Village. It actually even has the ex-superintendent there, so he knows how to, how to really copy that. Um, you know, one other thing to look at, supposedly they, they flip the nines um, to the point where they're going to be able to, they flip the nines just mainly, not only does it have like a better finish, but it has some really kind of wide uh, holes where you can put these like stadium grandstands. Supposedly some of these grandstands are going to have like, are going to, the first row is going to start at like 30 feet up in the air. And uh, one person uh, kind of described it. We're actually very close. I'm not a big horse racing guy, but we're very close to where the second leg of the Triple Crown is normally uh, competed at, uh, the Preakness there. So he said it's going to be the Preakness on steroids this weekend. Yeah, I, and I, I love the, uh, you know, the idea of grandstands 30, 30, uh, 34s up uh, to get more of that, that waste management feel on some of these holes as we as – we, uh, go down the final stretch of the playoffs. Okay, so Caves Valley is getting its first taste of the tour this week, but it's already hosted plenty of championship golf. It's uh, hosted multiple senior major championships. The LPGA um, has an international event there. There's been men and women's NCAA championships. And um, in specific, it held the 2005 NCAA championship where um, the University of Georgia team that featured Kevin Kisner won it all. Uh, not to say there's a whole lot to take off a team win uh, from 16 years ago uh, when betting Kevin Kisner this week, if you are just an, in, just an interesting fact um, for you there. Um, and a lot of people with great knowledge, a couple of members I've talked to are predicting ultra, ultra low scores this week with how gettable uh, some of these par fours are. There's four or five par fours on this golf course that are going to be uh, reachable. So probably going to see guys like Bryson DeChambeau with the, go with the bomb and gouge route this week where players like Louie um, or, or Colin will still be able to find a ton of birdies just playing smart golf. So uh, led, unless you got anything else for us on our co course overview, let's get right into favorites here with John Rom. Yeah. I just want to add one more thing. One thing we're going to look at is the one thing that kind of jumps out is just the fact that it's a 7,500 yard golf course. And then not only is it 7,500, they also kind of have those drivable holes. So I think it's going to favor long hitters, obviously the fact that it's a long course overall, but just the fact that you can, you know, couple those um, par fours, I'm sure you can pick up a half shot with just a tee shot alone. Yeah. So let's just get into those favorites. Yeah. So we'll start off with John Rahm at, at plus 650 and uh, the defending champion here at the BMW, even though different golf course, how these playoff events work, it's not, they're not coming back to the same track. So, um, you know, did win this time around last year and, um, you know, last week, what I really found 
found with Rom is that, uh, you know, his second bout with COVID, you know, did not put any tamper on his game. He was right there um, in the mix to win the Northern Trust last week, had the solo lead on 15th uh, before he made a bogey that really just set up a crash course to him losing the lead. Uh, but he did chalk up his third straight top five finish at the Northern Trust last week. Um, that boosted him from five to three on the FedEx Cup standings, which is great progress heading into East Lake next week for Rom and uh, Vegas. You know, did in my opinion really spike his top ten number uh, this week at minus two hundred. Just uh, and, and but I do think a top five ticket at plus twenty five is worth looking at. Um, considering maybe Rom being a little more refreshed um, than, than the other guys. He took two weeks off um, before Northern Trust due to COVID. But, um, yeah, finished top five in the last two years he's played here. And, uh, you know, don't mind looking at that top five ticket. Yeah, and then, for uh, you know, I'm not going to bet on Rom this week, at least to win at plus 650. You know, obviously that's a, a pretty small number. And just looking at the golf course, too, you know, sometimes it's tough to go, obviously it's tough to string together, you know, two good events, but especially two good events on, um, on easy golf courses. Right. So last week, what did he shoot? 18, you know, 18, 19 under. And realistically, if he's going to win this week, he's got to go, you know, 20, 20 under kind of that same area. So the fact that he's going to have to, you know, that realistically, if he wanted to compete this week, he's got to go 40 under over a two week span, which is, uh, obviously gonna, you know, a tall, a tall ask, right? So uh, absolutely. Well, how, yeah. Well, how about moving to our next guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on to uh, Xander Shoffley at 18 to one and um, a T 16 finish at the Northern trust and his bearings are seemingly back um, after we faded him um, at the WGC St. Jude a couple weeks ago, since he was so uh, worn out from the Olympics. And um, I love his game on this thinkers golf course. Like, um, uh, like Caves Valley, except that he's 123rd in uh, on tour in driving accuracy. I don't love that considering uh, some of these short par fours will get some of the bombers to jump on him. Um, he is he's 22nd in distance, so more than capable of doing so, but um, ha- has been fairly wayward uh, the last two weeks, losing about a shot and a half off the tee between the St. Jude and Northern Trust. Now, there is a big amount of incentive this week for Xander because with Finau's win at the Northern Trust, uh, regardless that Xander finished in the top 20, Finau moved into that exempt um, top, top six spot on the Ryder Cup. So if the standings were set as of today, Xander would now have to be one of Steve Stricker's captain picks, and it's very unlikely that he's not. I mean, he won the gold medal for the U.S. I mean, they, it's illegal for them to leave him off. But Xander um, 100% locked into the Ryder Cup, I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you want to think that Xander doesn't want to leave his, his spot up, up for grabs, you know, you can take that angle. I don't like his matchup against John Rom this week. That's in the book, so I'd stay away from that. You can look at Xander top 10 at plus 120. I think that's the only ticket you want to look at for him this week. Yeah, and Xander had a decent week last week at the Northern Trust, but really, you know, depends really on how you look at it. Obviously, um, had that one good round, had a 62, and then three kind of mediocre rounds, not really taking it too low. So um, I'm not on Xander this week at 18 to 1, but, you know, let's move on to our next guy, Justin Thomas, 20 to 1. He had a really nice week. Um, on uh, 
just kind of didn't really have the final round he wanted. He lost a couple strokes uh, tee to green on Monday and just didn't really allow himself to really put himself in position to win, but still finished tied fourth. Um, that's actually his best finish since winning the Players' Championship, what seems like a year ago. Um, and kind of just looking at Justin, it's always the, you know, that's one thing we always look at is just the putter. He's an elite iron player. He's third strokes gained approach in his last 50 rounds but he seems to have found it with the putter. Um, I guess you went to his AJ, AJGA that he hosts every year. And some kid was like, yeah, switch back to your, you know, regular player. He's like, okay, I'll give it a oh, go. Go, go back to the future of Justin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he switched back to his old putter and he uh, actually led the field in putting from inside 10 feet. He only missed two the entire week and he gained strokes on the green every single round at Liberty when he's, you know, used to almost giving away a, a stroke around it. See, so get that kid a like, Bama scholarship, lad. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'll hook him up with a with a hat at least. Yeah, um, at least. yeah. So you know, the one thing we're always concerned about with JT is the putter, the putter, the putter. And I'm thinking he's going to be able to kind of string these things together. Uh, he's never finished outside top seven in the FedEx Cup overall since it's since it started. So, um, sorry, sorry, not since it started, but in the last four years since he won, um. So give me JT 20 to one, especially if he's rolling it well. Yeah. And, and you certainly make a great point that he, you know, he's starting to catch some, some steam still um, hasn't, you know, uh, only two top 20 finishes in his last five starts. So um, I'm staying away, but that's certainly a great case for, for the last couple of weeks on to, uh, to Colin Morikawa, Colin Morikawa at 20 to one. Um, MC last week at the Northern Trust just wasn't at full force with his Tiger-esque iron play and then lost about two and a half strokes on the green. So uh, he's not a great putter in general. So when, there's, when those irons get haywire for Colin, you know, he's off. Um, and, and with how much, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, how much weight these FedEx Cup standings hold. Morikawa goes from number one to number six um, after that after that MC. So, um you know, finished 20 at this event last year, like I said, doesn't matter. Is that Olympia field, same time of the year, I guess. Um, actually wrong because of COVID, not the same time of the year. So, um, Led, I don't feel like I have a great gauge on Colin this week. You know, I, I feel like I missed his top five run between Memorial and the Open. And I've had my questions about his energy level um, following the Olympics, but 26th at FedEx and then an MC at, at, at Northern Trust since. Yeah, and there's some rumors I heard that Colin's actually not exactly at 100%. Um, supposedly, he wasn't able to play practice rounds last week. Uh, he tweaked his back at the Olympics and has really been, you know, struggling, I guess, um, with that. Uh, you know, for a guy that plays a fade, if he's got lower back issues and isn't really able to rotate, you know, obviously that's a, uh, a major concern. And this isn't the, the Saturday scramble where – he was even quoted as saying, I'm kind of playing a slap cut right now. It's really all I can do. Um, yeah, I think, the- I, I think guys like Brooks Kepka who play a cut when his knee was hurt, saying similar, saying similar things, just, just yeah, getting that exactly. slap that Brooks and Chase Zurich classic slap cut. Yeah. So, you know, and he is a fair gun athlete, so I'm sure he'll be able to use that to get back on track very quickly. But um, Colin Morikawa at 21, sorry, at 20 to one when, um, you know, He's kind of that questionable for going fantasy, uh, fantasy conversation. I know everybody's got their drafts coming up, so that's what they really know. But uh, yeah, I don't have anything on Colin this week. And 
you know, let's move right into our next guy, Dustin Johnson at 22 to one. He's 22nd in the FedEx cup this week. Um, don't know exactly the math behind it. Obviously it has to do with how people that are in that 30 to 40 range do, but, uh, you know, needs a good week to really even make the tour championship. But I think he's really focused on positioning himself for uh, for the tour championship and getting kind of in that top five, top seven area where he even has a chance to win. Um, looking back at last week, he missed the cut. He didn't have a driver the first round. His driver cracked while he was warming up. And I had him in a head-to-head. And uh, wow. To me, that's just absolutely inexcusable. I'm sure Tom Morris, when he was playing St. Andrews in 1892, probably had a backup, you know, wooden club that he whittled the night before. Um, it just seems like in this day and age, you know, they were interviewing him after the round. He's like, oh, I'm hitting my through it pretty good. I guess it's not that big a deal. And, he's, and they're like, are you going to have a driver for tomorrow? And he's like, I hope so. I guess supposedly they sent a rep to like downtown to New York City to go to PJ Tour Superstore. Imagine, you know, Oh, checking out your driver is like, hey, sorry, we're actually out of stock. Yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, or walking in and then being like, yeah, like we make the same one here. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because it is a way kind of the tour works. Like the all the club manufacturers are there the first couple of days to get everybody, um, uh, you know, dialed in, make sure everyone's, you know, going well. But in terms of we saw a lot of broken clubs this week, it seems like, you know, they needed to stay through the same thing. I don't know if that was a hurricane situation where we need to get these trucks out of here before they start flying to different states or whatever the hell was going on. But um, yeah, DJ is going to have a driver for all four rounds, hopefully. Um, he really plays well in the Northeast. It's a long golf course. Kind of got, you know, obviously not as going to be as difficult as Oakmont, but, you know, same kind of greens, obviously won a US Open on a course like that. It seems like, man, you just look at Dustin Johnson's resume. He's won at Firestone, which, you know, kind of similar golf course. And it seems like every year he's kind of got a couple wins, playoff event, obviously coming off the uh, – he won the FedEx Cup last year. Um, and the one thing I do like about is we're getting him at a nice number, 22 to 1 here. He's got two missed cuts in his last three starts. But if there's anybody who can just flick the light switch and come out of, you know, not nowhere because it's DJ, but come out of nowhere uh, – and win it's uh it's dustin johnson and you know one other thing to look at i'm not normally a huge guy of oh uh you know whether it be rest or in the nba people coming off back-to-backs whatever but obviously like we talked about did miss the cut last week everybody else was there till you know technically probably monday night even flying out tuesday morning dj you know got to go home friday afternoon so um obviously going to be well rested for you know, this event and hopefully uh, the tour championship going forward. Yeah, and on to, uh, to Jordan Spieth at 20 to one and, and quite a few guys thrown off their game uh, last week with the changing course conditions at Liberty national Jordan Spieth was, was one of them. Uh, I mean, I mean, my God, Jordy dropped 39 spots on the leaderboard with the 79 in the final round after shooting 62 uh, on, on Friday. So that pushed him from second in the FedEx Cup standings to seventh. So now all of a sudden, I mean, Jordan needs a great finish this week in order to stay in contention uh, by the time they get to the Tour Championship this week. Um, and, and as we move on into this week for Jordan, we do have some very good news. This course does not put overemphasis on, on long drives. A lot of dink and dunk par fours uh, where guys will be tempted to, to drive greens. 
um, and, and end up screwed in that long, healthy Mar- uh, Maryland rough. Um, and, and this course um, is also very hilly, a lot of undulated fairways where you're never going to get a, a flat lie. Um, and, and that's the kind of setup I love for Spieth. Now, number two is that the Under Armour headquarters um, are in Baltimore, Maryland. And according to, to a member that I know at Kays Valley, uh, the rep, the head rep, for Under Armour, uh, takes Jordan out there every time he's in town. So uh, this will be a nice go-to track um, for Jordan to come back to, and, and I'll be looking um, very hard at a speed ticket to win um, or a top 10 ticket at plus 333 for Jordan. And that's uh, that's that behind-the-scenes info we come for, Will. Absolutely love have it. to have it. Yeah. And, you know, just looking at Jordan, um, you know, there's a couple guys that kind of blew up the final round at uh, Liberty National where, uh, you know, let's say Jordan throws up a 65 instead of a 79. Now all of a sudden he's like finishing tied fourth and, you know, maybe he's at a different number. Maybe he's 15 to one, 16 to one. So uh, Jordan obviously has been really consistent this year, but always kind of his DNA is being a bit of a roller coaster guy. One thing that kind of jumped out at me was uh, Jordan Spieth, First round leader, 25 to one. I do not hate. Um, Will, your thoughts on that? No, no, no. I, I, I'm totally with you. I could totally see another 62, 61. Listen, this is the type of course where he can do it. Everything that I've heard about this golf course, no flat lies, a la Augusta, even though the setups don't resemble at all. But it, it, it's his type of golf course. And, um, yeah, that's certainly a nice ticket. I think one other note about uh, just – in case anyone wanted to hear about who else is out there a lot, Phil um, is out at Case Valley a lot, but but not touching him this week on a on a, on a separate note. So, uh, led let's just move right into uh, to to the 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 Northern Trust champ. Yeah, so Tony Finau, twenty five to one. I told people I wouldn't bet him until he won. You know, nice nice uh, to finally get over that hump. Uh, first win in five years. Unbelievable. Cause it seems like every week he would be in the hunt on Sundays. Uh, got the call from Steve Stricker, you know, getting the solidified Ryder cup spot, you know, pretty cool, uh, to have that obviously come together for him. And I think, you know, there's some people where, you know, let's say it's like a guy it's rookie year gets his win and okay, whatever. But you know, when you go five year drought kind of situation, that's almost like uh, I'm sure Tony had some low moments, you know, uh, after a couple of those tournaments over the past couple of years where he really felt like he obviously should have won the golf tournament. It felt like it was final destination. Either someone's making going birdie, birdie, birdie to finish or a playoff where he gets a bad lie or it seemed like everything could possibly go wrong. But, you know, really cool for him to uh, obviously make that six footer uh on 18 to you know kind of get into that playoff obviously and it's nice for him to kind of have a stress-free playoff where you could kind of you know take it in versus you know normally he's like oh my god here we go again (laughs) so um obviously really cool for him to um to him to come through one thing to look at he was fifth in driving driving distance and sixth in fairways and second in greens regulation last week at livery national so just absolutely really you know dominated in terms of um ball striking and then, you know, just another guy who, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys on, not a lot of guys on tour like this, but there's, you know, 
there's a handful of guys actually that can putt mediocre and win. And, you know, that's really what he did. He was 20th in the field and putting, not really going to blow you away, but, um, you know, looking at him for this week at 25 to one, I'm not on him. I just think it's really hard to go back to back and Monday finish Stricker calling him up all night, you know, maybe first one in five years, first one in five years, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe got the little bottle service, uh, Monday night, uh, who the hell knows, but, um, I don't have him this week. Uh, but let's just move into our next guy. So Brooks Kepka, 25 to one, he finished tied 31st at Liberty national. Um, now, the way this season's been going, Brooks is now due for a top six. He, you know, he, he takes a week off, top six. Takes two weeks off, top six. Um, he's fifth, 15th in FedEx Cup right now. He's kind of in no man's land, right? He, I, you know, it'd be really hard for him, obviously, to – I don't think he can actually even not make the Tour Championship. I know that's kind of a double negative. But he's pretty much locked in for Atlanta. But he's kind of sitting in that spot where he's going to be, you know – potentially five six shots back if he doesn't have a good week this week so absolutely needs a top 10 finish this week yes yes and you know preferably top three to really give him a chance to finish to start the tournament next week you know within three or four shots um so you know someone alert brooks this this week matters you know what i'm saying yeah and i I feel like i feel like last week with the monday finish like as soon as i found out we weren't playing on sunday like the stage is killed for Brooks. Like, okay. Like no, no fa- fans, no fans are coming back out here. Everyone's going back to work in the city. I'm done. Oh. I'm done. Little three over. Get out of here. On a new, on, on to yeah, Maryland. maybe, you know, you know, even looking at Finau hasn't won it. I saw, I saw one tweet that said Finau still hasn't closed on a Sunday in five years, which <laughs> not wrong, not wrong, not wrong. Or, or closed with fans. Right or close with fans. All right, but yeah. Now, now on back, to the the inconsistent case of Bryson Led. Yeah, but I just got a couple more notes on Brooks. Oh here. yeah, yeah. Uh, he's eleventh off the tee. You know that's one of the things we're going to look at long golf course. And you know if he putts well, he can really he can you know obviously win this event. He actually didn't putt that great last week, so uh, maybe you know maybe the putter can get hot this week. I am on him at twenty five to one. I do like uh, I do like that if you're feeling it. Um, next, next one, we got Bryson DeChambeau, 28 to one, kind of a meh week for Bryson, uh, last week he made the cut, but really nothing else. Obviously had the two par round. That was crazy. Uh, what was it? 10 birdies, two pars, doubles and triples all over the place. But, you know, rather than freaking out about that, I kind of look at it. He finished eight under for the tournament. He had 15 bogeys and two doubles. Right. So realistically, you know, if this guy really cut the clean scorecard, he could have been, you know, this could have been five shot win territory. Um, obviously didn't happen, but the fact that he is making all those um, par breakers and, you know, had toss a couple Eagles in there. I do like Bryson just because of what his ceiling is. So I think if he can limit the mistakes this week, he can really be right in there. Um, speaking of Liberty national, he led the field in driving distance shocker. Uh, I actually saw that he signed up for the world long drive the day after the Ryder cup, which is going to be absolutely awesome to obviously shed a light on what those guys do. But, uh, just from a a spectacle will be really cool. Um, and then one thing to look at, uh, so Bryson had, uh, sorry, he had all those bogeys and doubles, whatever, and he, and still finished at eight under, right? So whatever, finished 40th, 
And uh, he actually lost strokes putting three out of the four rounds and, you know, really putted bad the final round. And one thing interesting to look at was the final round. A lot of guys were complaining the greens were really slow, obviously. Um, sorry, on Monday, technically. The greens were really slow because of all that rain they had. And that's one of those things with those long putters and the way Bryson putts where every putty makes. Obviously, he's got the line set up and it feels like it falls in on the last drip. Like he's, you know, he's a... There's some guys like Ricky who are banging in the back of the cup. And there's some guys that um, are like Bryson, obviously, where they're always kind of like those last roll guys. And it just seemed like on uh, on Monday, a lot of his putts were kind of just, you know, flailing at the hole and not really having a chance to go in. So um, the Kucher putter obviously is just, you know, one of those things I don't really love on slow greens. Yeah, so I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I can't – I'm off Bryson. I can't get a single feel for this guy. I mean, last five starts goes – T19 at Travelers, miscut at Rocket Mortgage, 33 at the Open, nice finish eighth at St. Jude, and then 31st last week. Uh, yeah, not bad golf by any means. You know, I, any, any, anyone on the PGA Tour would take those finishes, but not near consistent enough for me to bet on this week, Led. Yeah, and just, you know, just looking at this Caves Valley course whenever, it seems like uh, that. Liberty Nationals may be a little claustrophobic for Bryson. This Cage Valley course is, um, you know, obviously um, there's hazards and bunkers and stuff like hey, that. Hey, no, the only teeth is deep rough, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, Bryson can always go with the uh, the wing foot approach, right? And just bomb and gouge like we talked about. But he's going to a 7,500-yard golf course. Um, I just feel like that Liberty National, just from that course perspective, it was tighter than I remember. It seemed like a lot of the time guys were either chipping out from behind a tree or they were hitting it in a hazard or they were in a fairway bunker that they couldn't reach the green. You know, those, those fairway bunkers were actual like hazards that week. You know what I'm saying? So I think this week, a lot of reachable par fours, um, 7,500 yard course like we talked about. I really do like Bryson. And it's one of those things where Bryson, if he just drives it, and puts it average, it's, you know, he more than, more than likely is going to really be in contention. So I do like Bryson at 28 to one. I just feel like it's too good to pass up on that number. And then Victor Hovland at 40 to one. So he was actually top 10 heading into the final round last week. He threw up a final round 77 to finish 43rd. And um, obviously, you know, just, he's a similar guy to speak. Let's not overreact about that final round, you know, uh, he shot an opening uh, front nine 42. I guess the day off wasn't great for, for Mr. Victor. Uh, and he's actually putting with his wedge on the back nine. Uh, he actually started, he made a nice little 15 footer to, with the wedge on the, on the first hole. Yeah. And, and this is a, you know, another guy, not as severe of a case, but dropped from 11 to 14 in FedEx cup this week. And he's got a win in six top 10 finishes um this year so i kind of i have him as another guy on my chalkboard that uh you know misses the cut this weekend and he's kind of out of this thing um yeah you know i, I really think he he's kind of got on the list that um you know i think really needs a top 10 finish in order to have a look um at the fedex cup this week we all would all obviously have to go kind of back to back here with the top 10 and a win at east lake but yeah yeah, and for me, um, I am not on Victor this week. Um, who the hell knows if he has to replace his putter? 
well, you, you and I both know, even if you get the exact same putter, right, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the right? same. It's like the wear marks out in the same spot. You know, obviously modern technology has gotten better with the fact that, uh, you know, clubs are more similar that are produced, but it's always just a little different. There's, all, there's always this just little handprint on the putting grip. It just oh. feels nice and locked in. Yeah, so I'm not on Victor this week. If you do like Victor, certainly don't overreact to the final round 77, but I don't have anything on Victor this week. And on to Louis Oosthuizen at uh, at 28 to 1. So uh, Louis withdrew last week for unconfirmed reasons, but the rumor is it was just a rest week for old Louis. Uh, You know, the past five years when Louis takes rest, it's usually because that lower back acts up. So um, some suspicion there for me with Louis this week. Uh, I mean, that being said, the recent track record, um, you know, Louis has four top five finishes in his last six starts. I mean, arguably the best player rolling into this week. And uh, Louis Louis 20th in total driving efficiency, uh, which I love around this golf course. Like I said, not a not a total bombers track. Uh, so, so that helps 38 year old Ustazen um, in the mix, get in the mix this week and um, the ticket that I will be looking to place um, for Louis this week is uh, for him to be the top South African finisher. So we'll, we'll get to that um, in the picks to place. Yeah, well, and then for my head-to-heads, I have two. Um, I'm going a little value here, little sleeper pick. I'm taking Dustin Johnson over John Rom, number one player in the world. I know that doesn't look great, but I just like the number at plus 200. You know, obviously uh, – whatever, hundred bucks to win 200 bucks. Right. So, um, DJ is going to have his driver all four rounds. Uh, <laughs> um, it won't be Lucas Glover's either. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good start. And then just like looking back at it, um, to the point where, you know, John obviously wouldn't call it a collapse, but two over his last four, not exactly great vibes finishing on a Monday has to do quick turnaround, get there Thursday. Whereas DJ has been, you know, chilling for five days now. So just from a rest standpoint, I like DJ. And um, this exact same bet was uh, plus 150 last week. So the fact that I can get this at plus 200. Now, obviously, Rom, you know, waxed DJ last week. But uh, DJ's a guy who can just doesn't really need to show me much form and he can just jump out and, you know, just got to beat one guy. So And, and that, that rest factor, that's real. That's real with the Monday finish. Absolutely. For sure. And, and it's just one of those things where um, – it's not like John had a nice uh, backdoor top 10, a little fine around 64 games in the right spot. It was like, that was his tournament. And he kind of just, um, uh, Oh, he lost gave it. it away. He lost kinda, it. Yeah. He lost it. And, you know, got pretty hot at the end. Uh, you know, I know he's been pretty good with controlling the attitude. Now, having said that John Rom has uh, responded to adversity pretty well this year. But I still just like DJ um, at that number, plus 200. I don't really care if it's you know, against John Rom. And then our next guy, we have um, Shane Lowry over Joaquin Neiman, plus 100. Uh, Lowry's really been on a tear with his short irons. Uh, you know, he's been really, you know, top 10 in that category over the last 50 rounds. And just a really nice finish last week with a, you know, tight 11th. Um, Honestly, I thought he probably wanted to get a little bit more out of it. Didn't really have the, the best of finishes there um, down the stretch where, you know, you have guys like Cam Smith, you know, burning throughout the last four, obviously um, clutchy and stuff. But 
and he's going up against uh, Joaquin Neiman. He hasn't really had a top 10 in over two months. And uh, I don't know, I just like Shane Lowry's uh, not favored there. And I just think there's little value. So Shane Lowry over Joaquin Neiman plus 100. Okay, and my head-to-head is uh, is going to be Scotty Scheffler over Victor Hovland at minus 110 this week. And, um, you know, these two finished in the exact same place last week at minus seven. The difference is Scotty didn't have a round above 70, and Victor was contending and shot a final round 77. So um, at the end of the day, it was just a bad bad week on the greens for Scotty. Um, had he made putts, he's finishing in the top 20. Uh, but ended up losing three shots to the field on the putting greens. Um, Scotty's 24th in FedEx Cup standing. So um, a big finish this week, you know, like he's done um, in, in these big tournaments this year. We've talked about it. Top 20s in all WGCs and majors. If he can do that this week, he gets himself in the top 10. Uh, you know, Victor has been incredibly poor on and around the greens his last three starts. He hasn't. Uh, and, and he hasn't had a top 10 finish since Wells Fargo back in May. So I'm fading Victor Hovland this week. I think it's disrespectful how he drew a matchup against Scotty Scheffler. Um, so my uh, head-to-head is Scotty Scheffler over Victor Hovland at minus 110. Um, and led, I'll take us right into my, my one pick to place. Uh, so my, my pick to place um, this week um, – I have two ones right here in my pick to place. One is my best bet. We're going to start it here. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, top 20 at minus 150. Uh, first ticket for me on Cantlay in quite some time, but it's definitely proven his worth um, over the last couple months with four top 20 finishes in his last six starts. And what's really changed uh, for Patrick Cantlay is the putting. Since he won the Memorial in June, He's only lost strokes on the green in one of his last six starts, which is a huge improvement because in the six tournament stretch before that, he had lost strokes on the green in, in, in every one of them. Um, so has really um, seen some steady improvement with the putting. Uh, and you put together his incredible ball striking um, around this dicey track. And, and I love Patrick Cantlay uh, to finish in the top 20 at minus 150. Yeah, and then for my picks to place, I have two. Um, I got, I'm going with a couple bombers. Bombers kind of a theme for most of my picks this week. I'm going with Keith Mitchell, top 20 plus 500. He had a uh, top 10 last week, um, birdie the last two holes to even play in this tournament. So, you know, he is kind of playing with nothing to lose this week. Wasn't really even supposed to be here. Uh, he's 11th in strokes gained off the tee. And, you know, just like what I talked about, um, absolutely just bombs it heading to a 7,500 yard golf course. And, uh, you know, not only bombs it, he's seventh off the tee overall in his last 50 rounds, you know, uh, adding accuracy that as that as well. So, you know, I think it would be a really cool story for him to, to, you know, start, start out obviously just by keeping his card originally and now making it to, uh, to Eastlake would be, uh, certainly a story to watch. And then for my next pick, uh, so just recapping that, that was Keith Mitchell, top 20 plus 500. Then for my next pick, I'm going with DJ Dustin Johnson, top 10 plus 200. Um, and it's really about Dustin obviously wants to solidify his spot for Eastlake, but really get in a position to defend his FedEx cup title. Um, and the fact that he's missed two cuts in his last three starts, I think there's decent value there with uh, a top 10 at plus 200. And like we said, uh, Dustin, really this part of the 
in this part of America has cleaned up over the years and uh, just wouldn't even be able, wouldn't be shocked at all for him to win this tournament. But top 10, obviously giving us a little more wiggle room. OK, so moving on uh, to our dark horse, I'll start off here. Uh, my dark horse this week is Kevin Na, top 10 at plus 450. Uh, you're not going to find a guy in this field more motivated to make the Ryder Cup team than Kevin Na. Uh, and it's right now or never for him. He's sitting 20th in the Ryder Cup standings. And regardless, um, and regardless, is probably not going to be a captain's pick unless he wins the next two weeks. So he needs big finish this year. Uh, needs to win one of these last. I'm rattled. I didn't realize he's American. Yeah, no, no, no. He actually got his American citizenship just so he could he could have a chance at the Ryder Cup at the Ryder Cup team. That's wow. it. Yeah, no, him it, walking this him walking those putts in in the Ryder Cup would. That's be, uh, it. And and who who is that better to do against than a team full of Europeans? Like, I mean, come yeah, on, this is exactly. what this guy's got to dream about. So, um, and I'm not just taking him for the purpose of possible Ryder Cup motivation. Uh, Kevin Na has finished in the top 10 in three of his last four starts, uh, finished eighth last week, regardless, a very poor, put, uh, a poor week off the tee. Um, he lost almost two shots off the tee to the field last week. So, um, you know, you, you put the recent consistent play with some, you know, I said possible, some definite Ryder cup motivation. Um, and, and I like the great odds to finish in the top 10 this week. So, uh, my dark horse is Kevin Na at top 10 at plus 450. I like that pick. He's been playing really well. And then for my dark horse, I'm doing Keegan Bradley, 90 to one. He's quietly having a really good year. Um, he is a great ball striker. He's number one off the tee and 50 to green in his last 50 rounds. Um, another one of those guys uh, who is just, just needs to get the putter going. Uh, he's got the, uh, the long putter technique rolling right now it seemed like whenever i was i know obviously on golf channel they're only showing highlights and stuff but man that guy was rolling in 20 footers from all over the place last week um in route to a a t11 so a little bit of recent form there um i just like keegan at that number i think he uh you know obviously puncher's chance but uh yeah keegan bradley 90 to 1 and on to our picks uh, to win, I'm going with Jordan Spieth at 20 to one, and I'm, I'm sticking with Spieth here after a disastrous final round last week. Um, and really because uh, of I've heard about his experience at this golf course, he really likes it. It fits him well, as I explained in the favorites um, and, and a ton on the line this week for Jordan with a big drop in the FedEx Cup points last week. Um, you, you can't forget Jordan is one of these American stars that is not exempt, um, into that top six on the Ryder cup standing. So, um, if we set aside the awful numbers last week at the Northern trust, um, he's had, you know, his greatest moments this year in big events, third at the masters, second at the open. Um, I know it's been a while since then, but, um, you know, he, he really performed in these big moments. Um, and now he's going to win this week and put himself, um, in per perfect position uh, for a second career FedEx Cup championship. So, so lock in Jordan Spieth at 20 to one for my pick to win. And uh, John Rahm, we talked about defending champion, correct? Who did he beat in that playoff? I think it was a fellow by the name of Dustin Johnson. So I'm going DJ, a little revenge tour here. DJ for my pick to win 22 to one. Um, he's actually sneaky 27th in the field and putting in his last 50 rounds so he's gotten the flat stick coming around he was a little bit of uh 
musical putters over the last, you know, uh, 12 to 18 months, but seems to have found the one. Going to have a driver for all four rounds. I'm going to bring up that joke one more time because I just think it's still ridiculous. Um, so I just love DJ for all the stuff I've talked about throughout uh, this podcast. DJ 22 to 1 uh, would look good with a uh, BM, BMW trophy, uh, you know, up in the uh, up in the closet. I'm sure uh, Wayne, you know, Gretzky obviously would approve. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on, um, we're going to move through our, our draft Kings here really quickly. I took a six, five lead on lead after last week in our draft Kings showdown. So here we go. Uh, my lineup- Is it, I just want to add one thing. I actually had the worst, I mean, the worst draft Kings week of all time. No, I, know. I, had, one I, those- I had one guy make the cut. That's how I'd be led. Yeah. I, I think I had a, I don't even know if I had, I honestly, I think I had zero guys make the cut. It's honestly, it's, that's just as impressive though, right? It's almost like those uh, March Madness brackets when you pick every game wrong. That's just as impressive as, you know, picking every game right. So, so, for, you yeah, know, no. we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and who I have working against lead this week is Patrick Cantlay, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Scotty Scheffler, Kevin Na. Kevin Kisner and Maverick McNeely. So mirroring some of my, my picks throughout the pod, uh, going back to Louis Eustazen, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Kevin Nye, and Scotty Scheffler. So uh, that's who I got up against you, Led. Yeah, and I have my back against the wall. I'm down one with two weeks to go. So I need uh, a dub this week. And I absolutely love my team. I honestly think there was a mistake. I think they gave me too high salary cap. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. I, got, I mean, it's just Mount Rushmore golfers here. I'm going Team Bombers. I got Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Cameron Champ, Keith Mitchell, and Jeez. throwing a little luck in there with Johnny Vegas, baby. It's Team Bombing Gouge, as Justin yeah. Leonard would say. Yes, sir. Uh, but, yes, sir. But moving uh, right along into our best bets of the week, my best bet of the week is Louis Oosthuizen as the top South African finisher at minus 120. Uh, you have to think a guy like Oosthuizen wants a chance uh, to compete at East Lake next week. And, uh, you know, last week's withdrawal dropped him from eight to 11 um, in the FedEx Cup standing. So if he wants a chance of getting that $15 million next week, needs a high finish. And, um, you know, in this pick to place, you have to look at the guys that Louis is up against. Eric Van Rooyen, who before last week hadn't recorded a top 10 finish since Palmetto in June and, and has missed six, ten, six cuts in his last 10 starts. Uh, Brandon Grace is the other one uh, who missed the cut last week at the Northern Trust and, in my opinion, does not have a good enough tee ball to contend on this golf course. Um, he, he lost almost three shots off the tee uh, to the field in his last two starts. And lastly, Louis has to be Charles Schwartzel, who um, has missed the cut in his last two starts. So um, a lot of confidence in Louis taking down his fellow South Africans this week. Um, a very similar winning bet to the one I made at the open championship on Louis. So my best bet um, this week is Louis Eustazen as the top South African finisher at minus 120. Will loves Dr. Loves a, uh, a top South African bet. You know, you made a, you know, made a decent amount uh, this year rocking with that one. And then for my best bet, I'm doing Bryson top 10 plus 200. The fact that he can do it with just his driver alone, I think this course sets up um, a lot better for him than last week, Liberty National, where you got had guys, uh, you know, pitching out backwards borderline out of these fairway bunkers. He's going to be able to get it really close to a lot of these greens where 
the rough won't even matter because it seems like he's going to have, you know, 50, 60 yard pitches and stuff. And um, really a lot on the line this week for him. Obviously uh, had a lot of crazy stuff happen this year to him. I saw he got announced as the, uh, I think obviously on purpose, Ryder Cup Twitter, they did, oh, congrats to Brooks and Bryson on making the Ryder Cup. And they had him uh, sandwiched with JT in the middle. So I wonder if he's going to have to be a little bit of a the peacemaker that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the moderator. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, Bryson's coming in ninth in FedEx Cup. And he really needs a good week, obviously, to position himself in Atlanta. Even if he can finish top five here, you know, starting if you're 10th place you're starting um you know you're starting seven shots back six shots back versus being in that third place you're only starting you know two or three shots back so you know every shot matters kind of thing here and uh i just think i love taking bryce i love bryson to actually win this week we talked about that earlier at 28 to 1 but then you know doubling down with the top, top 10 just giving us that little more wiggle room at uh plus 200 so that'll be the best bet I hope Bryson keeps it keeps it uh, consistent this week. You know, he, he kind of goes, uh, you know, top 10, 31st, top 10 missed cut. So um, hopefully gets back on track there um, this week. But that'll do it for our BMW Championship preview on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Um, I'm Will Doctor Led. I appreciate it a lot today. Uh, great job and, and best of luck to everyone with their tickets. Yeah, excited for a fun week, and then we'll uh, head to Atlanta. It's go time. Top 30. Here we go next week. All right, we'll see you then. See you, lad.